Namaste. Uh, let me open with a short uh, passage from Sri Aurobindo. It's part of his talk, uh, famous talk, Uttar Pada speech, where Sri Aurobindo in a way gives the vision statement for the future and India's role in it. This is the last bit of the Uttar Pada speech. I say no longer that nationalism is a creed, a religion, a faith. I say that it is the Sanatan Dharma which for us is nationalism. The Hindu nation was born with the Sanatan Dharma. With it, it moves and with it, it grows. When the Sanatan Dharma declines, then the nation declines. And if the Sanatan Dharma were capable of perishing, with the Sanatan Dharma it would perish. The Sanatan Dharma this is nationalism. This is the message that I have to speak to you. This gives us, in a very short nutshell, the key to not only India's rise, but the idea of Akhand Bharat. First of all, when we take the spiritual perspective, which is what Sri and the Mother give us, then we have to look at things from a top-down view. It is not that people begin to think about Akhand Bharat and then they try ways and means to achieve it. Rather, people begin to think of Akhand Bharat because it's a spiritual reality which is trying to manifest. So when a spiritual reality tries to manifest, when the time comes, when the time has not come, it will not even start manifesting like we have in the Upanishads, the Pragya, then Hiranyagarbh and the Virat. So, when the time comes, the seeds of a truth are released into the atmosphere and it presses upon the human mind first as an idea and this idea is taken up more and more by those who are open to it and then it enters the heart as a dream and one begins to love the idea that it enters the life and there are people who try to find ways and means to realize it and finally it culminates in the actual physical fact. Several examples we can see when Jhansi Kirani, she started the, uh, rather when she was on the pyre, people must have thought, the Britishers must have thought, well, we have conquered. They didn't know that she has already sown the seed in our modern time, not that she is the first one, but she showed the seed in modern times on, on the pyre of Rani Lakshmi Bhai, the writ of India's destiny was written because that's how things happen. Or, let's say, when it enters the dream stage, we have now the recent uh, history of Israel and how the Jews wandered for thousands of years, at least 2000 years, all over the world. But they never let go of this idea. And one day it manifests as a reality, whatever be the challenges. So what we need is faith, courage and aspiration. We should not start with doubt, how can it manifest? We are given to conceive an idea, we are given to dream about an idea, we should love it, we should have the passion to achieve it. Whether it will be in our own lifetime or not is not the question. If the dream is nurtured with faith and sufficient courage, it is bound to manifest because he who gives the dream gives also the power to realize it in its own time through the instrument that he has chosen. This is essentially we should remember. So just as a human being has a physical body, has a psychological or a mental body and a causal body, so too 
a nation from the spiritual perspective at least this is what mother and shurbinda have revealed and if you see the vision of swami vivekananda when he sees the golden um, bharat mata as a golden um, devi and of course mother and shurbindo a country or a nation is not a piece of earth not a, not just a land mass not just the soil it also has a soul so a nation has a spiritual reality called the soul of the nation this is an idea which has been accepted in certain quarters of the west also and then it also has a mental reality so mental body of a nation is composed of the great thoughts which continue to echo reecho reverberate in the corridors of a mind and they come back again and again and then it also has a vital body which is uh, the life of a nation which we see expressed in its many various ways in in its culture in its festivals in its ways of life the way we we have our own unique way and then finally it has a physical reality now all these things are together it's not just that we have a soul and we don't have a body we have a soul as swami um, you know ramdas it said we have a soul we are a soul and we have a body so we must remember that it's not that it is either or all of it must be together but all creations begin from within outward and if we take the view of the gita like the ashwa tree they begin also from above downwards so it has already entered the realm of the idea see shurbindo released this idea long back in modern times uh, and the mother had put the map of the um, akhand bharat in the playground and which included burma which included sri lanka lot of people have doubts and they have all kinds of uh, you know ideas and when mother was asked she said this is a spiritual vision this is bound to manifest and she has also given a road map as to how it is going to manifest so uh, we must have faith and the courage to follow that and what does it mean how are we going to realize it first we must uh, live the vision of the undivided uh, indivisible rather i would say india what it means to have the vision of the undivided indivisible india and that's where we have the key it is sanatan dharma so india rises with sanatan dharma and india declines with the decline of sanatan dharma and that's what we see india decline because at a point of time sanatan dharma was reduced to just few narrow streams it lost its wide impulse when we, which we see in the days of ramayana and the mahabharata and slowly turned into narrow channels of you know worldly escape from worldly life but sanatan dharma in its widest stream has once again appeared like the mighty saraswati joining the ganga and yamuna and we must also begin to apply this sanatan dharma into every sphere of life this is the need of the hour so this sanatan dharma has to be lived in our life it's not enough to read the vedas and the upanishads and the gita and remember them we have to live it that's what shrivinda says that how are we going to achieve it he says in one of his passages we have to live the aryan ideals it's not enough to recover the vedas and the upanishads in the thought it's not enough to you know go about preaching the gita and then you know get troubled by the slightest problem gita teaches us equanimity it teaches us faith it teaches us complete surrender to god's will and to live according to the will of god so this is what is the need of the hour that we must begin to live the aryan way of life the true way of life secondly there is a need for understanding and not only understanding but disseminating the idea of sanatan dharma and indian nationalism in the true way we should not have any confusion amongst us as to what really is sanatan dharma 
Sanatan Dharma has many aspects, but at least the core aspects. Because I still see people debating over the gods and goddesses and their presence. And we should be very crystal clear of how the Sanatan Dharma cosmology operates. This itself is going to, you see, when, when Sanatan Dharma rises and we put before the world something so beautiful, it is bound to turn the eyes of the elite, which are there in every religion, every country, every ideological groupings. When people will see, see in every ideology and religion, there are some people who have a genuine seeking. But they are caught up in a web, either because of birth or because they don't know any other alternative. I have friends across the different religions, but they are looking for something great and high. And we see that nowadays a lot of ex-Muslim movements are taking place in the, in the, in Europe. Many churches have gone empty, but they have nothing, we have nothing to be offered. We have nothing to offer to them. We still, we talk about Sanatana Dharma, but we should show how this is really, really something so wonderful. Then, after all, we all know that there is nothing which can really uh, nourish this world and rejuvenate it and give it a new lease of spiritual life except Sanatana Dharma. We are aware, but we need to communicate it in the way people would understand. This means that there should be uh, a preparation, all the think tanks uh, should prepare documents on, let's say, law and Sanatana Dharma and law. What should be the law, uh, basis of law? So, right now we have reason. We have all these democratic ways in which we have constitution and the law. But that cannot be because now we are leading a double life. We have something imported from the West, a democratic model, a rational constitution, but that's not how we should. We should have our own development. And let's say law, how does the Sanatana Dharma look at law? What is Dharma, uh, which is so important to us? And there should be think tanks who should prepare a draft on what should be law according to Sanatana Dharma, what should be education according to Sanatana Dharma. And all this should be done with tremendous courage. For instance, Gita to be introduced in the um, schools or the college, we, we must be bold enough to express that this is not a religious scripture. We understand the difference between religion and spirituality. India itself should be declared, if you ask me very frankly, not a secular, nor a religious, but a spiritual country. Now, these are new things which we must present to the world so that the world can understand that the divide between secular and religion is a false divide. They both can be harmonized in the spiritual vision. Even science, we should have a spiritual basis of understanding science, polity, administration, law, medicine, health, education, uh, defense. Uh, policies, they should all be governed basically by the Sanatan Dharma background. And then when we have this first as a model, uh, I mean a, a draft in, in terms of the uh, a document, and then at the national level when this is being implemented, there is an attempt already happening at that level, then people will have something to turn to. And when they see that there is something very beautiful, something very glorious, not just about the past, we have, we, of course, we dwell upon the past, but let's say uh, a new literature, we can't be going back always to Kalidas and, uh, you know, Valmiki and Vyas, which is wonderful, but we should also produce that kind of literature. Now, once that happened, and this initially needs a breakthrough. Now, once that breakthrough takes place, there is a critical mass, we will see that there are people all over the world who will begin to look at something which is new because right now there is a vacuum. People are caught between um, religions and ideologies which are dying and they are doomed to, destined to die and now their fault lines are becoming too, too prominent. And this is the time that we should present to the world a new vision. 
and that vision on the basis of Sanatana Dharma. How does Sanatana Dharma understand nation? Not as a piece of land. How does Sanatana Dharma understand true nationalism versus false nationalism? The nationalism of uh, Lord Rama vis-a-vis the nationalism of Ravana. Our idea of Ashamed Yagya. All these things in modern context. Of course, we are not going to send a horse and do the Ashamed Yagya. But Ashamed Yagya implied that whenever um, it is about the relation between the center and the states. Now, all these are wonderful topics. Each of them is a subject for discussion. And I don't want to take too much time because each of these issues will take... uh, (laughs) <laughs> a lot of time to discuss. But basic idea is that we ourselves must be aware as the uh, standard bearers of Sanatana Dharma as to what it is so with such clarity that whenever a question is asked of us, we should be able to answer without any hesitation or doubt. And we should know that we are going to present something much more beautiful. It's not my religion versus your religion. It's religion versus spirituality. This is the concept which is coming up and catching up in the youth. A lot of youth who are looking for spirituality. And unfortunately, the spiritual side of religions, religions themselves have finished it because they just became a socio-political system. So, Sanatana Dharma has a very clear ground right now. And I believe that if Sanatana Dharma begins to rise, many people on the other side of the border, you will see that they are also seeking the common man is seeking. We are not aware of it. The, the people across that border and this border are not just the politicians. The average person is seeking for a new light. And therein lies the hope. So with this little very brief introduction, and as I said, Shurvinda has spoken of uh, India as a, as a Devi, as a goddess, goddess Durga, as the guardian deity. This concept was there in in. Uh, um, in some of the ancient civilizations and cultures, the idea of a guardian deity for a nation. Uh, we, we have Kul Devta, Grama Devta, all these are very beautiful concepts. Uh, and we must bring it into existence and, and live that life. So India's guardian deity is Durga. And if we invoke her presence, Divine Mother in this land of India, Shurvinda has given that beautiful Durga stroth, and our minds are informed with the thoughts which once stirred not far back times in the and they are they have they still reverberate somewhere in the minds of our forefathers and if our hearts can be set aflame with the same aspiration that the Rishi is wandering in the age of the Upanishad sang uh, when they said Asadoma Sadgamya, Tamasoma Jyotir Gamya, Mrityor Mamritam Gamya, then there is nothing which is impossible. In fact the truth may be nearer then we believe. Namaste. We can take up the questions. Uh, thank you, Dr. I hope you are able to uh, listen to me. Yes, I am able to listen. If you want, I can repeat the question which is there with me. The ten questions. Uh, yes, uh, I, I shall read out. Yes. Yes, please do uh, that. The first question I think we will uh, take up one question after the other for the yes. body uh, and proper comprehension. Yeah. Uh, the first question is, it's a unity in Akhand Bharat, primarily cultural, spiritual or political. So, uh, in the new thought, new conception that the age we have entered in, the age of synthesis, we should uh, not either or, but this and that. So, it is all of them together 
because uh, what is the use of having a spiritual unity which cannot manifest on a physical ground level but yes first spiritual that's how the rishis have created india or bharat they started with a spiritual unity they went on to create a cultural unity then living unity which even today we can see it all across india from west to east and north to south and then it should manifest as a political and eventually a physical unity so at every level it has to take place because and that's why shobindos was so keen that this partition must and will go that's how he has put it because if the body it's like khand murti is not worshiped in our culture uh, why because uh, gods must be wholesome and full so even the body must be full so but starting with spiritual then cultural and then political and political leading towards a physical unity as one single unit there uh, here is a second question that emanates from uh, the answer to the first question uh, it is about the concept uh, given today's the political uh, geopolitical conditions what are the challenges and opportunities for fostering cooperation and unity among nations of uh, the indian subcontinent how do geopolitical factors impact the concept of akhand bharat yes so uh, what we need to understand is how geopolitics is actually shaping out uh, primarily as we know that uh, as far as the asian continent if we come to immediately so these are the three main blocks one is the europe and american block which is the western world and then you have the middle east world and then you have the this kind of asian block which has south southern block and far eastern blocks far eastern block but primarily we see a lot of geopolitics till today there has been uh, centered around uh, the, the petrodollar now that is collapsing it is going to collapse so there is going to be a vacuum another 20 years down the line and i think this is being realized more and more then a lot of chinese geopolitics has been uh, centered around the chip and we see that's why they are so keen on the aksai chin and uh, why they want to uh, please pakistan or try to control pakistan both america had the cold war interest is basically because of the chip now once we begin to read these messages we are the ones we should be pioneer in that so there this whole idea of sark initially was to create a solid ground against the dangers of red china which uh, somehow i mean shorbinda had pointed it as i said it probably in some other talk in america when during the chinese aggression of 62 um, the then president um, robert kennedy he is the one john f kennedy he is the one he, he pointed out that uh, somebody from india has written about the dangers from the red china and you people didn't listen to him he thought it was written in 60 and it was told to him that no no this book itself you have been left his body in 1950 so we have to be very very clear that real our real danger is not pakistan it is china it china has kept turning us towards pakistan and we are both engaged in a game which is a lose lose situation yes pakistan has to be handled it's not the real issue the real issue is china and i think this is something which india is beginning to become aware at least in the last few years because both in terms of its power muscle work and slowly the nations which are around this work which has already started uh, begin to realize now that it's not just about india and china china is a threat to everybody every small nation it's likely to gobble up and once 
दिस काइंड ऑफ ए सेटअप कैन कम टूगेदर वे पीपल कैन कम टूगेदर एंड दैट्स वेयर लॉर्ड ऑफ पॉलिटिक्स बोथ वेरी गुड डिप्लोमेसी एज वेल एज बैकडोर डिप्लोमेसी इज रिक्वायर्ड वेयर ऑल द नेबरिंग कंट्रीज टू एन एक्सटेंट इट इज हैपन इट्स ए टाइम इज नॉट सफिशियंट टू एक्सप्लेन वॉट ऑल इज हैपन बैकडोर to take these countries into confidence and form a geopolitical unity against the uh, intrusions of china many countries don't realize right now because india is the facing uh, you know facing the border we should also be very clear in recognizing tibet and supporting it see there are many things we have not done even now we talk about one china we are afraid as if this fear must go so yes geopolitical conditions it's a opportunity because this is the time when us is turned against china and china has tried inroads in the middle east but then india is now been welcome more and more india is making the inroads and once that happens and china's own foolishness or maybe i would say devi prerna that it is exposing itself more and more it's a tremendous opportunity for india to take the lead and it must do so courageously so just i am giving some brief hints we can maybe you know uh, write more about it so the, the challenge is china at the same time the opportunities for fostering cooperation and unity among the nations of the subcontinent yes also in terms of trade and everything this we we should have a much much better trade agreements with these countries which are around they must feel they must be linked together in a kind of unity which becomes like inseparable and that was mother had suggested that you know all these countries should come together and form a kind of uh, federated unity see even saw pakistan splitting into five part this is way back that three to five parts 71 she spoke about it and then each of these parts will begin to join india want to join india and uh, join india not as india india but as a kind of federated unity and that is the structure suitable for india so even our political system has to shift from a, a democracy as it is today to a more federal structure giving a reasonable autonomy to these different units but at the same time there has to be a, a certain thing which are very central like education law uh, finance and defense these four have to be common and all the rest and then a very mutual cooperation in every level Uh, fearlessly we should go about it i mean not that we should not be vigilant as long as the bordering nations are concerned but still we should go about fearlessly both should go on together not to make any of them paria engage engage but with strength not as a weakling i here is a one more concern yes while we talk about the idea of and bharat Hmm. Uh, the concern and the fear is are uh, about the diverse demography that this region of indian subcontinent has how does the diverse demography of the of this region influence the idea of akhand bharat does the presence of different religious and ethnic groups pose the challenges or opportunities for india yes so see this is the grand project of creation unity in diversity and i would say india has been chosen precisely to realize it 
and that's why all the problems in india that there is nowhere else we find this kind of diversity now first thing is that instead of you know grouping people according to the religious um, affiliations we should try more and more to group them according to the psychological affiliations this is how ancient india had done the Uh, ordering of mankind all human beings are not the same but instead of saying that this is this religion this thought has come actually into the world nowadays and this religion equal to this instead of that we had this idea of asur type rakshas type of course we don't use the terms today we we have to understand like say something like what hamas did it is something adharma it is uh, it is absolutely asuric not asuric it is rakshasic so barbaric and to stand against it is something which is important so like that when we begin to um, take this into consideration that instead of the religious diversity we spread the idea of the psychological diversity of mankind and there we have will be it will be much easier to find the link the link is in the common aspiration which is there in every human being and this aspiration has to be brought out i think to an extent this was the idea when uh, the great uh, um, nara came you know which which is so true sabka saath sabka vikas we have strengthened religious di- you know not diversity but religious grouping unfortunately by appeasement and long back shurbindo said that it cannot come about by muslim appeasement because when you are doing it you are actually strengthening it is the same thing like harijan harijan so you have begun to brand a group no the branding should be well this particular group is dangerous to the world to the society at large and we must take very strong action regardless of its religious affiliations at the same time there are groups which are beautiful at least they have a possibility and they must be encouraged now this is this will require initially a, it will be very challenging because there will be suspicions from both sides we have a very big baggage all of us have a big baggage and yet we have to take that leap that's how it can be if we keep permanently um, divided in camps according to religion that was the game that's what pakistan did and see where it it has led itself to so instead of dividing on the basis of religion we should be able to divide not divide but stratify human consciousness and even the democratic worlds have done this that well there are people who are Uh, like good citizens and people who are not so good citizens people who are criminals so we don't do that but we have this idea of who is truly a bhartiya and that is the idea which should be encouraged patriotism patriotism is a very satvik thing nationalism is also important because uh, you know nationalism is rajasik so ego but ego also must be strengthened we, should, we belong to india this this should go and i think this thought is coming more and more so it is a challenge it is still a challenge and i think the only way this challenge can be permanently addressed finally with finality is when we begin to understand and live sanatan dharma sanatan dharma has taken this challenge and it has done it well in way back times why it collapsed it collapsed not because the invasions took place it collapsed because it it lost its own fabric in mayavad and mokshvadi parampara even then for you know nearly till see chandragupta maurya's empire and even then ashoka down the line and many others it could still resist the invasions but when it turned into that mokshvadi dhara that's when the problem took place sanyas 
that's when the problem took place. So we must live the Sanatana Dharma and its ideal and be strong. It's so important. There should be no fear when we meet the adversary. We should be strong. Very clearly we should be able to say truthfully and honestly, there's something happening. I'm so glad when I see uh, our present um, uh, you know, foreign affairs minister call out the truth without hesitation. This is important. Courageously calling out wherever there is something which is amiss. Equally, courageously welcoming all that is beautiful and can be uplifted. It will require time because we have a lot of baggage. But if we take that steps, I'm sure it will be done. Historically speaking, the different parts of uh, what we now pose as Akhanda Bharat were parts of our country. And culturally we have been one. That's what we have been propagating. But the question is, in the current context, is the idea of Akhanda Bharat possible only on historical and cultural backgrounds? Uh, Well, historical background may not be sufficient because there are issues involved with it, but it, it must be always expressed. See, that's how China has been playing the game. But I understand that historical narratives may not always work because today that's why people are saying that, well, Jews never had a land. So purely historical, but it it has its own meaning and sense. But cultural has a great meaning. So even though religions have changed, it's very interesting. I mean, I'm sure all of us who have traveled outside know it. I mean, in a place like Dubai, when I went there, the Pakistani and uh, I, I mean, he was the driver and <laughs> was going and we struck good friendship because he said, Amara country may be a problem hota and you know, all this because they had a common problem. So <laughs> it was and then he was cursing the sake that you know, here uh, he will make a rule today and tomorrow he is going to change it and we don't know what is going to happen. So there are some common issues of mankind. Those cords we have to touch. There are very common issues which we need to, uh, you know, take into cognizance and then go ahead. So historical is there and we should uh, we should not shy away from mentioning it that yes, historically we were all together and it is good to revive it. It's also good for people to connect. The problem with historical is that what if Bangladesh or Pakistan doesn't want to look into it? They blinded themselves. Still this historical narrative should go on different platforms. That look, you know, the, the land which you are occupying today was uh, Gandhar and the Savitri, she was there in what is modern day Islamabad. So we must bring those narratives. Who knows, the coming generations will be much more open and they will connect because they would want to know what land do I belong to. I am aware of people in Pakistan who want to know that uh, what was this Harappan civilization and they have a very jaundiced view because it's been presented by the West. So we should have our own narrative, historical, cultural, yes. There are a lot of uh, the, the Islam that is the Muslim in the Pakistan and Bangladesh is not recognized as Muslim actually in the Arab world because it's so different. <laughs> so they need, they are culturally a lot more closer. A Punjabi language, the, the, the way of life, the, the, the speech, Balochistan, so common with the Marathi culture because that's from where they had been taken. So we must bring that out. In whatever way we can bring out the cultural unity, we must try to bring out. And of course, mutual cooperation, business, trade, all this. Rashtri Arvindo says, 
spiritual nationalism was essential during the national movement. Therefore, it was, it was necessary to define Akhanda Bharat during those days. But in the changed context, how to situate the concept of Akhanda Bharat without a national movement? Yes, so uh, there are two aspects to it. First, Sri Aurobindo, even in 1947, when India got freedom, he spoke of Akhand Bharat very clearly. In fact, in his Independence Day speech, he says that uh, I got this gift on my birthday. Uh, India is independent, but not yet one. So he said that, in fact, he pointed the dangers that if India does not become one, there is chance of its capacity being permanently maimed. And even its destiny frustrated. And one can see how. See, people are very afraid that if the Muslims come from that side, we have a problem managing Muslims. This, these are all bugs created in the mind. Uh, frankly, it is not about the... You see, all the Muslims here have become bugs. Not all of them, but many of them. Because there is a feeder in Pakistan. If you really look at it, ISI really controls what happened in Karnataka elections. Where did the money and all this idea come from? And this idea that this Ghazwai Hind, which is continuing in the Islamic mind, where primarily in Pakistan, Simi, many of these, Popular Front of India, they were all fed by ISI. If this was not there, okay, there would be initially a bit of issues. But eventually people settled down to the idea of, well, we are one unit and we have to grow together and we have to, uh, you know, grow together as a single unit, develop altogether and yes we will have to take certain measures about demographic shifts and changes that's not a big issue but uh, I don't see any the way that India can really rise uh, to a true superpower if it if Pakistan remains permanently cut off so in the modern context it should be only by number one by by a spiritual regeneration of mankind there are many people in Pakistan I'm sure we are aware of it who have become ex-Muslims. I am forgetting the number. Probably is running in millions. And uh, very authentic sources that is running in millions. Those ex-Muslims, their website, their things are, their followers who are in millions. There are many who are looking for a something which they can turn to. So actually it's like, you know, the pus at that point where you need to puncture it. But we are afraid. So, spiritual nationalism primarily implies that we look upon ourselves and the world from the point of view of the spiritual, high, greatest spiritual standpoint. And if we can do that, I am sure that the, this is the chance where people on the other side of the borders, other side of the fences, uh, will start looking at some point at that light which is so high, so great, that they will turn towards it. When uh, ashram here in Shirovindo ashram was attacked by um, all kinds of, you know, by local Christians and DMK party and all these people. Some said it's North India, others said it's uh, Hindu, etc., etc. Then the mother gave this message that we hold the ideal so high, so high that all who have a vision can see it. And we must uh, understand that it's a new age. So time has also begun to change. It's a new cycle. And we have to trust this movement. And that's how we have to move forward. It is not only relevant, it has become more relevant. But it has to be done in different ways. Obviously, uh, the idea that let's have a war, and that, that was possible in 71. Mother had blessed that. 
we lost that opportunity that's okay so uh, now it won't be like okay india has got to be one so let's have a wage war no certainly not military conquest without a cultural and spiritual unity doesn't last it didn't last with the roman empire it didn't last with the greek empire and it won't last if india tries that it has to be primarily a cultural and then a geopolitical unity through mutual cooperation forming a confederation that's and we have to wait pakistan is splitting what we can do is maybe assimilate these portions not as that you become part of india you have your own governance but there will be a kind of like how do people recognize a new state how did people when israel came people recognize that okay we recognize you as a new state russia has done that with crimea so india should do this those let's say on the india um, pak occupied kashmir or baluchistan they should reach a point where india should recognize as a a baluch state and once you recognize and naturally lot of back door uh, diplomacy has to go on then you can support it militarily economically in many ways openly that's how you have your own independence at the same time you have a good federated unity that's how it is going to come about it just that how how we take the lead it is going to come about that way all of them sindh is asking for autonomy india has a hand in it <laughs> no doubt <laughs> so all the more necessary if you want to solve the permanently this problem which is bleeding india in many many parts right from manipur to this area it is all basically isi raw isi getting money from these kind of uh, activities not the average pakistani let's be very clear on that uh, one last question from my list of uh, already compiled questions yes. the floor is open to uh, free discussion with uh, the participants uh, which akhand bharat do we want is it political akhand bharat or sanskritic akhand bharat as regards political akhand bharat till date no one single person uh, could rule this whole land boss therefore is it possible now as regards sanskritic akhand bharat now new areas around the world are embracing sanatan sanskriti outside the indian subcontinent for example the countries such as ghana ukraine etc so is it possible to Uh, unite them within the concept of sanskritic akhand bharat uh well if we go that far as to ghana and ukraine and uh, uh, lithuania and many others or romania for that matter no that's not that will be really spreading our wings too wide we can spread the wings all right but the feet should be on ground so akhand bharat uh, cultural unity well sanatan dharma can take everything in its fold and one day this is going to happen much of europe basically many european youths uh, they don't use the word sanatan dharma but their beliefs are like sanatan dharma same thing is happening in america so that's a different area but when we talk about the indian subcontinent let's put it uh, that way that we should go for this um, indian subcontinent which includes pakistan um, the india that is bharat as we know today bangladesh the basically the sar countries we take burma bhutan sri lanka this should come together because this is required from the geopolitical perspective 
and this must be now this idea of one ruler one ruler is uh, yes it has never been there i mean the, the only rule which went as far was uh, king ashoka uh, of course shivaji maharaj rule was very vast um, the chola dynasty had a very big empire and but if we look at the uh, map of india of akhand bharat we'll see it in one is mahabharata time and we will see again british map of india so what it means is it doesn't mean that there'll be one ruler this idea has to go in the sense ki there'll be one prime minister and uh, every all the states india has to reach that point uh, try that experiment of a federated unity so it won't be one prime minister uh, of india becomes the prime minister of baluchistan becomes the prime minister of no it, it won't work out it's unlikely to work out like that Uh, unless there is some freak uh, fate is always place puts its cards uh, suddenly unexpectedly but what is more likely is that there will be um, uh, an overarching sanatan dharma influence and there will be uh, each of them will be as i said distinct units uh, autonomous in every way but just like we have today canada and america uh, they have a kind of relation and alaska why forget that Uh, something similar which will emerge see this model has been tried so something similar is already being tried the five eyes what is what is meant by five eyes now these countries strangely are experimenting upon it because this is a new idea now what are the five eyes the anglo saxon group so basically what is their unity it the cultural unity and see they stand uh, for uh, israel they stood for israel but look at it even there some kind of dharma is there they didn't stand for canada of course there is economics also involved so india should also make these bolder efforts uh, so we should make we should try to gather these different uh, countries together but before we can take in pakistan at least this should be ready but pakistan has to split and india should and backdoor diplomacy should go ahead maybe recognize baloch as a separate state sindh as a separate state and you see it will collapse it's a house of card which is collapsing they also want to separate even pakistan government <laughs> cannot <laughs> continue so it is going to collapse but we have to just be a little more proactive in that direction and then each time you recognize take it together that it will have its own whatever way you want to do it democracy or whatever way but form a kind of uh, political unity uh, which is not difficult nowadays as i said that experiment for a long time has gone on america and canada and alaska european countries why european union could not assimilate it will break down it is because it is not a cultural unity see this is the interesting part it is a religious the common religion that spread across was christianity but cultures are very different you 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 go to netherlands and you go to the swiss people the polish people they are very different because they are all different one is uh, the slavs in yugoslavia you go further up and you don't find cultural commonality so european union won't work but they have tried they tried only on in terms of military and economics so we have a much better ground much more fertile ground the only irritant is pakistan so we should not underestimate this problem that okay let pakistan remain on that side of the border no the sooner it breaks and it assimilates with india the better it is rest of the units will not be difficult myanmar has helped us so much recently when the terrorists were hiding there because india played that diplomacy very well otherwise china was almost making inroads into it and we have to counter china we have to preempt we have to think ahead of china 
it is the problem and the mother spoke about it said it is the problem which which may come and try to occupy india and that would be a dangerous situation america will come in russia will come in that's when but let's hope it won't be so we should be very very clear it's good that this government is doing Uh, making constructing roads tunnels and whatever is required advanced landing grounds uh, airfields we should be very clear give messages that look we don't accept because chinese cannot fight war they are people who play mind games and if you we know how to play a mind game well they won't stand anywhere their whole logic is mind game to threaten you make you feel you are nobody stand up against them and they push back so we should be very clear understand the psyche if at all they have a psyche so <laughs> okay yeah hello i am raghubushan yes sir can i ask you a question yes sir please hello yes sir please ask okay please go ahead yeah uh, i am raghubushan here calling from uh, rajamandri andhra pradesh like uh, for the last 9 uh, 10 years we are able to see some progress in all the directions of our country is the uh, akhand bharat are uh, getting more closer to all the neighboring countries uh, will further uh, are taking back all those people into our vast uh, uh, country and taking all those problems on our head are we going to uh, go back again so basically as i said taking all the people right now uh, or you know barging militarily that definitely that is not the way so we have to build many threads uh, subtle threads cultural bonds uh, this very important because if we try to do it militarily and take all of them in it is going to create a back reaction so that's not the way at all so what we have to work upon is that these uh, destinies favoring india or rather destinies favoring the idea of a khand bharat so we see that you know mother spoke uh, 50 years back that you know pakistan will split now even even few years back people were not sure whether pakistan will split or one could not have even imagine with america backing and then china backing now both of them are slowly um, dropping off uh, partly because they realize that it has served its purpose so uh, so basically at this point of time what is important is to take advantage of uh, destiny favoring the idea of a khand bharat not take advantage for its own uh, selfish interest but it is important once we understand its significance for the whole world so then we should not hesitate in let us say as i said help the baluch people to be liberated i am sure this is happening i have reasons to believe it is happening but of course we don't speak and at a opportune time it should be declared as an independent um, you know state in its own right or an independent country in its own right and that's how they all will govern themselves it's not like we take them on our head but definitely we have to assist and in that assistant we should not hesitate um sindh and right now even with the afghan government right this what real politics is about real politics cannot be uh, won or lost based on passions of the that okay we don't like you <laughs> therefore so if we do that right now the time is ripe i am not saying that we should barge into pakistan and uh, run over militarily uh, we had an opportunity we could have done it 
now maybe an opportunity may come but very unlikely because now much has 71 and today we have nukes which is makes it a very dangerous situation it's unlikely that there would be a that kind of war now that time it was possible so now it has to be through liberation of each of these parts in which india should very actively assist and then recognize and meanwhile it should have its group of friendly countries who are ready to recognize and then to form a federation that's how it will come about any other way of doing it will be yes as you said rightly taking in all the problem we don't take the problem we we help the people to solve their problem but we help like today we have a center state relationship something on a modified level and it should be done first with pakistan because this is the real issue then we can enter into you know burma a kind of agreement with burma it won't be difficult with other countries the main issue is pakistan and we must understand what is feeding pakistan is china recognize tibet you'll see that much of the chinese Uh, thing will begin to become weak but this requires a very courageous stand these are all things which have been at one level determined but uh, we are afraid we are afraid that you know it's a big power maybe at one point of time it was now we have the capacity that we can take these this courageous stand and yes in 9 nine, nine years we see many things happening in that direction we have taken lot of moves to counter china it is the if you want to use the word enemy shatru bodh we should not be uh, um, uh, blinded to this fact that yes that's where the danger lies tackle china pakistan will split anyways and then assimilate not as one nation but as federated units yes please tell the bharat me ha huh. politically and uh, culturally all countries which are sent so yeah that's where the difficulty lies that today we have fallen prey yeah so we have fallen prey to the whole uh, western narrative that sanatan dharma is a another hindu religion but when we look at the larger picture of sanatan dharma then any path one is following let's say one is following islam even if there are five genuine followers who are doing something very beautiful who are really seeking seeking god uh, in the true way we accept them they don't have to become a hindu or anything i mean whatever we mean by that but at the same time it doesn't mean that we all who are labeled as you know abdullah or muhammad in the beginning we take all of them that you are muslim no you are no you are not it doesn't matter whether you are muslim or not so we should be very clear that any path one is following uh towards something very beautiful and true let's say there are atheists in india it's perfectly fine as long as you don't want to harm the country and your ways are not crooked you are not trying to that's where the we have to be careful of the left liberal thought which is far more dangerous the post modernism so that's where we have to see that you know it is coming like a serpent we are focused on the muslim religion 
and there is this other thought which is pervading india and you know its youth it is corrupting so it's so important to give a very clear understanding of sanatan dharma a genuine person who is following islam but is a god seeker god lover but not the way quran and hadith in fact we should make people read more of quran they would themselves many of them will leave i mean once they see what it is there uh, and um, there was recently even a court was filed in the um, i think ilahabad high court to blank out certain verses from the quran because they felt that they are no more contextual so yes certain things are contextual these debate should be taken up that well uh, do you want to believe all these things right till today there are certain things which were in a certain context remove them keep the beautiful side practice whatever you want to do do namaz if you want to do but don't do it on the road very clear these things should be because that's uh, not how it is done need not shout on loud speakers rest you practice so in india also we have that where we went wrong was muslim appeasement we recognize that everybody who has an you know abdullah in the um, sir prefix and mohammed in the beginning is all uh, can get reservation can get extra this should stop this is the danger that we did otherwise there is no problem we have strengthened them and we have categorized them that by your name you become what you are but india sanatan dharma was never like that we didn't know surnames it's come much later i mean krishna is yaduvanshi but we don't use the word krishna yadav that's so this this idea is already taking place sanatan dharma is a way where you seek the highest the widest satyam ritam brahatam wherever there is truth there is sanatan dharma wherever there is anritam then even if you are a pande or a sharma or you are doing all the rituals you are not practicing sanatan dharma so the true idea of sanatan dharma its real practitioners should step into the forefront they need not practice hindu religion that's what i mean but i am sure many people will come on their own they are just waiting we have not presented our diamond in a proper way we are very shy i still see people apologetically speaking okay we have many gods we have one god no we have one and the many so we are very apologetic in presenting ourselves we should not be apologetic we should say yes what sanatan dharma is you may accept it you may not accept it you may take it or leave it but we should say the kohinoor that we have we should bring it out before the world many will come over on their own we don't have conversion or they will come on their own garwapsi yeah oh this is gopal shankar from bagal court yes actually in the context of the akanda bharata yeah. we actually in the current situations in tibet hmm. in tibet so now we have to counter to china means we have to bring the, the concept of tibet again in the field hmm. and the, the dalai lama is continuously going back to chinese concepts again and uh, we have to see something to do in this context no yes yes i agree see dalai lama is not really going back i am i i understand his state because you know it's not easy to stay exiled run a sort of government and then you know uh, all over the world there is lip service because no nation is taking a lead 
everybody pays a lip service to tibet nations have to come together how did people come together and support israel this is just a fear see china is expert at mind games the feeling of its size oh my god chinese navy chinese this is really we must look at it for what it is the soldiers cannot fight it's a known thing even in 62 they had this problem we didn't have sufficient so this fear should go and very courageously and boldly what for what favors are we going to get from them by saying that look you know uh, tibet is yours what favors they still claim arunachal even as recently as today and the only way to push back a tyrant or a goon gunda is to really stand and look at him in his eyes and his face and say look here i am not afraid of you i am ready to call you your bluff we should call the bluff of china and in that we have to do a backdoor diplomacy there is no doubt about it today america is so much ready to offload china and there is a reason for it that geopolitics i don't want to enter into uh, it bungled with its policy in the middle east america and china entered into it and now america has realized and if it has to enter into the middle east it it it's the only way is to push back china and bring in india so right now it's doing it only for money it doesn't matter but if america india and russia these were the three nations mother wanted to be together and they come together at least america and india come together two powerful nations bring in france bring in some other nations recognize tibet you talk about democracy and freedom and liberality come have the heart and recognize tibet do it let china say that they are not even ready to recognize the uh, things done to the uyghur muslims and so this now people are beginning to talk but we should be courageous and call out hypocrisy wherever there is adharma we should call out without anything yes i can understand india was still struggling to stand on its leg and if we take the right measures destiny will favor us that faith we must have god will favor us definitely we are not alone or left to our own resources engage china with tibet let it begin to feel a threat from the fact that tibet is around and when you do that you will see that lot of problems from pakistan will be eased out automatically it will be eased out that's the game they are playing they are making us engage with pakistan and they are having a gala time in the you know the valley near ladakh because they want the silicon chips that's what the game is if you look at it the excite chin the whole idea is because the silicon chips are going to be made and they are waiting for the glaciers to melt see how they act they will never sign or encourage any of these uh, you know accords where there is a discussion on uh, <laughs> on melting of the glaciers and the global warming china will never do it because it wants things to happen that way it's to its own advantage and we should be ready to see it and call the bluff not that yeah global warming itself is a debatable subject but i'm just saying that yeah yes, actually we have to debate more on the concepts of opposition to china like hong kong issue yes absolutely taiwan hong kong absolutely we should be we- they can fully control now hong kong no one is speaking in any social media or anything Exactly. So that because Chinese are experts at mind game, they are masters. They are masters. They made it appear. They made their own person planted there, and 
we just uh, you know with a person playing a mind game if you wait till he has made a move you are too late so there have to be a special i'm sure there is i don't know whether there is or not who can preempt think 10 years before chinese can think their minds are very sharp mother has spoken about it that intellectually they are very very sharp minds but they have they have a vacuum in the heart the psychic being that's where they lack and we should understand that they they think they they made a policy of 2049 Uh, china ruling over the world as a superpower and every step they are doing today is in that direction now people are beginning to see it absolutely courageously we should say what will it do it's not it, it is it going to drop an atom bomb over us or try to invade no it's not possible it, it knows it cannot do it so when we stand for dharma we should stand for it everywhere so there is a need for that courage see that courage is wanting and courage comes also with strength so it's also true that at one point india was not that strong uh, fortunately we are building up building up our both economic strength and um, you know building up our uh, military strength but we must also build a moral strength and spiritual strength that is still missing uh, sir namaste ha. i ask a question yes yes please नमस्कार Yes. Not delivering what it is expected to deliver. So when such things are around us, uh, working for Chandabar, uh, does it have any influence on such things? Also, can we expect any? I mean, uh, change on these fronts also, which is very much required uh, as of today. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's what we were saying. That you know, the more Sanatan Dharma rises, the more the nation will rise. the more akhand bharat will be realized that's how it has to be from within outward and you are absolutely right you know there is this whole now we are talking about the left liberal thought and in the name of pseudo modernism uh, you know um, post modernism the post modern thought and we don't know how dangerous it is its whole plan is to destroy the family values and the family system and then shrivindu say that the family nation and the world these are the three steps of vishnu so it has done that and it has done it um, it has already destroyed the family values now family as such now it is destroying the nation because that's what it wants that's how it will bring anarchy so this is how it is going and india must counter it has the uh, know how the wisdom and the strength to counter it how to counter it we must bring our own narrative see that's what i said we never brought our narrative so sanatan dharma is very wide all are accepted everything no everything is not accepted common thing should be dharma upward growth of mankind not things that lead to a degradation dharma se glani of course we must have our own un- true understanding of dharma it's not about rituals and there are ways to keep things together but yes family system family value but again we should be clear that what family value we should go back to our ancient heritage not 
the family values may be 100 years back if i look back the family's values were already in a state of dharma siglani why because um, that is the time when post invasion we were all very afraid so the family values were full of fear that's not what is meant by family values in the sense that well women in ancient india they used to um, do everything they were organizers they would govern the kingdom there are so many instances and they would fight the war kk as far back times devshambar was there savitri goes all the way and chooses so family value is about ultimately how a family together they can contribute to each other's growth that's what aryan civilization is about it's about sabka saath and sabka vikas if you really look at it that way in a family each should encourage each one's growth in the true way in the noble way the way of the aryan life not help each other get degenerated you do your own thing i do my own thing and <laughs> everybody does their own thing uh, and uh, well we all fall together like humpty dumpty that's not our value and it should start right from childhood there is a need yes of uh, for instance i'll give a very simple example now mandirs were one of the ways through which values can be transmitted but what did we do they have lost that charm they have become places where priests are there we go there people go there do the ghanta and give this and some donation which goes to the government by the way and then we come back satisfied that was not what it meant it was a place where we could transmit values mandir should be very well equipped to call in people who could come and uh, in olden times still i remember even as a child there used to be pravachan at at that level at a village level and it was very nice that there would people who would come and who could transmit some deep values explain if you asked a question people would be able to explain what really is sanatan dharma what is meant by god what is meant by education what is meant by father mother brother sister so i mean ramayan is a standing example so yes but that requires a tremendous national regeneration and all the more reason we should put all our energy into it and go ahead rather than doubt there is no time to doubt i look at it like this we should not even entertain an out of doubt about akhand bharat because this is something which has been sanctioned by the divine and you see when a yogi says two yogis shri bindu and swami vekananda have spoken about it the mother has sanctioned it so that part we should not doubt now what will happen they will find ways and means but we should work towards a national regeneration along the lines of sanatan dharma provided we are clear as to what is sanatan dharma and that's where a lot of as i said documents have to be taken out sanatan dharma in today's light i myself writing a series of articles sanatan dharma and unity of mankind sanatan dharma and freedom sanatan dharma and the problem of religion ideology so in each of these areas sanatan dharma and war because see lot of people are interpreting no no india we should not tolerate this that this is not the way that india has looked at war war involves destruction and destruction is sometimes it opens the door to a, a new creation so we should be very courageous all these ideas sanatan dharma and divorce separation what does sanatan dharma has to speak about it see in islam they have a code which is rk absolutely outdated stone age but we don't have any we have a hindu law which doesn't mean anything hindu law is largely about property inheritance this that marriage separation that's not that's not based on sanatan dharma it is based on a you know a group of understanding and people have accepted again uh, i don't want to use the word but a mixed child 
varna shankar of the west and hindu hinduism we have the hindu law which is nothing but uh, british trying to give us some crumbs and we have accepted it we should have our own sanatan dharma idea of all these things and time is running short and i am glad that we are discussing these things so each of us must put ourselves heart and soul if nothing else take a paper think about a creative idea about how would sanatan dharma view marriages what does marriage means for sanatan dharma is it a legal contract as in the west is it in the catholic made in heaven and suffered on earth or is it something where you both come together in a common aspiration is it a means for earning money and livelihood both are earning and multiplying money and neglecting the child no sanatan dharma marriage is so beautiful with the fire in the center and our children don't know it they feel we get together and you know it's all about looks and money i mean so much can be said on every aspect and we should start writing these things reflect upon these things and pen it and take out maybe there should be a couple of journals at least or news papers where these thoughts are brought in together sanatan dharma marriage is not just a mass marriage with agni those mantras and sanskar but the real sense that husband and wife come together around a common aspiration which is a godward aspiration that was the ideal so people have to contemplate and start bringing that ideal into new creations new forms yes thank you sir to the speaker uh, so i thank uh, uh, dr alokini for responding to all our questions and i also thank all the participants of today's discussion and uh, this discussion is already recorded uh, we hope that this a recorded session will be can be shared with uh, everyone at some point of time in future so on behalf of prajna prabha i uh, say offer our profuse uh, thanks to dr alok ji so we look forward to more such conversations with you in the next one yes yes and to uh, all participants dhanyawad जय मां धन्यवाद नमस्ते नमस्ते